You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, presented by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Follow him on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going today? Things are good. Like you said about the NFL Game Pass, football never stops. We get news left and right. We, every, we now have a game to go off of of every team in the league. It's been forever since I've had new material to talk about my Steelers, so I'm, I'm happy as could be. I love it. I love it. The most recent news that we've gotten is about Michael Thomas. Uh, we all knew that he uh, hurt his ankle, didn't think it was too bad, but now news has come out that it's actually worse than Thomas and worse than the Saints originally feared. He could miss several weeks with this high ankle sprain. And Matt, I'm, I'm just wondering, what do we do with Michael Thomas in Dynasty? I'm, I'm presuming if you've got Michael Thomas on your roster, you probably thought of yourself as a contender. So with him possibly missing a few weeks, are you looking to trade Michael Thomas, pivot off of him? He's currently the wide receiver one in our Dynasty ADP. You would take Devontae Adams for him, right? I guess, yeah. Uh, I I traded Thomas in the two places I had him this offseason just because I thought he may have hit his absolute peak in terms of what his value could be. I had won a Super Bowl with him last year, but I didn't have a super strong team, so I cashed out on Thomas and got three young parts. So I kind of was in that neighborhood anyway. It's only a couple weeks, though, and I'm sure we have some new listeners. I don't like to make wholesale seismic changes over an injury that might only be three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. But for in terms of trying to win it now, and Adams, to me, was nipping on his heels anyway. So it sounds like you're not going much further down the line. Would you take Tyreek Hill for him? I don't think so. No. Okay. Especially not in the PPR, obviously. Yeah, you're not you're not desperate with this play. Take DeAndre Hopkins. No, I know he's coming off a great week in his. I get that, but no. Okay, so you're valuing Thomas with this injury as a contender, still as a top two wide receiver in dynasty, uh, and I think that's that's certainly fair. Okay, are you still in that that same boat? Yeah, I think I'm with you. I'm with you there. I, I don't. And maybe I'm just hopeful that he doesn't miss too much time. Maybe mm-hmm. it is two or three weeks. Uh, we know his teammate Alvin Kamara was uh, bothered with an ankle issue basically the entire last season. We saw what it did to his production and, and really his value as well. Uh, he, he basically dropped a tier um, in, in overall dynasty rankings or ADP because of, because of that down year. So, I mean... After what we saw from Thomas last year, he was bound to regress, injury or not. Like his numbers were coming down and his value was coming down. It really couldn't even go up. So this is, while the injury is not something we necessarily expected, uh, a value drop should be. 
Yes. My question to you is more, I guess, a redraft one, but how do you think it affects the rest of the Saints in the near term, the next month or so? I mean, it can't help Breeze. I don't know that Manny Sanders gets a huge spike. Maybe it helps Cook a little. I think it helps Kamara a lot, though. I agree. I think it helps Kamara. I'm, I'm not sure it helps anybody else. Uh, Sanders looked, I don't want to say an afterthought, but yeah. he certainly wasn't the second option in that offense, right? He was fourth or fifth. I was I was pretty impressed with Cook, uh, but this was, this was already a reason, or, or I should say we already had reason to worry about Breeze, I think, after that game. Uh, and, and this even adds to that. It's funny because yesterday we picked a guy to kind of, not necessarily buy low, but to go after. I thought about picking Jameis Winston, you know, for a super flex. I, 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 Breeze and Brady looked old to me. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. I, yeah. One game, but they looked old to me. Right. I agree. I agree. Matt, uh, today we're going to uh, we're gonna gonna dive deep. We're gonna do a dynasty value study. I've got a couple of players. These are hot names after week one. Uh, let's let's get it started with Paris Campbell. Week one, he was the wide receiver twenty seven in PPR scoring. He saw nine targets that tied for the Indianapolis Colts team lead, and he led the way with six catches, seventy one yards. Uh, For reference, T.Y. Hilton also saw nine targets, caught four of them for 53 yards. Uh, So I've I've got some data here I want to share, and and obviously I also want to hear your thoughts on uh, what you've seen in the early going from Campbell. Let's start with his rank, and this comes from uh, Dynasty League Football. Current rank is wide receiver 56. Feels pretty low right now. Mm -hmm. I wonder if if that changes as, uh, as... People get in there and start updating their rankings. His range there is pretty tight for the most part. Anywhere Ranked anywhere from wide receiver 44 to 56 with one outlier who has him all the way down at wide receiver 83. His DLF ADP, and for reference, this ADP was collected prior to week one. uh, So we're sure to see him climb from this number as well. It was in line with his ranking. Wide receiver 59 uh, 127 overall, and just for reference, Matt, some other wide receivers being drafted around him in that ADP data, Julian Edelman, Van Jefferson, Jamison Crowder, Mike Williams, Alan Lazard, and Chase Claypool. So he was being valued kind of in that neighborhood prior to week one, uh, but he, he's got a new neighborhood after this performance. I've seen a lot of people mentioning that they now consider Paris Campbell the wide receiver one in Indianapolis, mm. not T.Y. Hilton. Is that going too far after one game? Wow. First of all, I mentioned Breeze and Brady look old. I'm pretty sure Rivers is old as a player, and that worries <laughs> me a little. But we know he loves a slot. You know he loves those quick-hitting stuff. That's where Campbell's going to do his work. And Campbell's a better athlete than the Keenan Allens of the world, slot guys. I mean, in terms of just electricity in his legs and, and his ability after the catch. Um, I can't call him the number one, but that's a pretty good bet. You know, I mean, if you had to put a chip down, who's going to lead the Colts in receptions this year? Uh, if you're giving me even odds, I might take Campbell. It's a pretty good question. What do you think? I think I'm with you. And it, Hilton didn't have a terrible game. As I no. mentioned, four grabs, 53 yards. But you start to wonder, 
uh, Hilton, I should say. You, you start to wonder what's what's wrong with T.Y. Hilton. Well, his game has always been based on speed, and now he's he's getting to the point where he might be losing some of that speed. And he and now he has a quarterback who potentially can't get him the ball consistently down the field like he's had in the past. So that's that's two strikes against T.Y. Hilton. And, and honestly, both of those end up as positives for Paris Campbell. I've got some recent trades here. So the, mm. again, these are actual trades that have gone down in Dynasty Leagues. Paris Campbell for Johnny Smith. What side do you like there, Matt? I love Johnny Smith. That's a very, very hard one for me. Both would be high on my target list. I think Johnny Smith could be... I don't want to say the next kid or Kelsey, but those guys kind of came from nowhere too. You know, I, I think Smith has a chance to be a every week tight end one type guy. So I would lean there, but it's close. I like both these guys a lot. One more trade again, these actual trades that have taken place. Paris Campbell, a second rounder and a third rounder for Nikhil Harry. I think, mm. I think it's fair to say even after one week that the value of Paris Campbell and Nikhil Harry has flip-flopped. If you want to make that trade now, you're probably adding picks to the Harry side, not to the Paris Campbell side. Right. If I offered you Campbell for Harry in a third, do you take it? Uh, I think I probably would. Yeah, I probably I would. would. Although, I think I would take Nikhil Harry, that third rounder, if I'm willing to move both of those pieces, and, and I am. I'm going to aim a little higher first. I'm going to see maybe if I can get... Darius Slayton with that. I think I might prefer Darius Slayton. Hmm. Uh, and, and speaking of Darius Slayton, I, I ran some Twitter polls and you know, you can, you can debate about how, um, how valuable, valuable these are as data points, but I, I love to do this occasionally put out a, a, a rash of Twitter polls, a huge collection pitting one player against another. And it's always, uh, it's always the same player versus a, another group. So it's Paris Campbell in this in this case. Uh, we, we've got seven different Twitter polls here with Paris Campbell versus another wide receiver. All of these guys were either ranked ahead of Paris Campbell or being drafted ahead of him in ADP, and he won most of them after one week, Matt. It, it starts with Nikhil Harry. Those, those voters on Twitter picked... Paris Campbell over Nikhil Harry, 82% to 18%, hmm. not even close. Uh, same story with T.Y. Hilton, 81 to 19. He easily won over uh, Miko Hardman, 79-21. This is where it starts getting a little surprising for me. Paris Campbell versus Christian Kirk. Campbell took that 72% to 28%. I'm fine with that. And then it starts to get a little crazy here. So you think there's that big of a gap between Campbell and Kirk still already? Uh, yes. Okay. I would I would rather have Campbell without much thought. I mean, the 72 to 28, uh, okay, maybe be closer to 50-50, but I would take Campbell's 10 days out of 10. All right, this one is closer to 50-50. It's 52-48, but Paris Campbell took it over Justin Jefferson. We saw Justin Jefferson as a first-round pick in both the NFL draft and in dynasty rookie drafts uh, over the past few months. And now over half the respondents are taking Paris Campbell over Justin Jefferson. You've got to, you've got to respond to the events 
of week one. You talked about that at the beginning of the show, Matt. But there is a, uh, an example of going too far, of overreacting, and I think this might be it. If you could flip Paris Campbell for Justin Jefferson, I think you should do that. Hmm. I tend to think so, too. I think Campbell has more ability. I think Jefferson's situation is better. But to your point, I mean, Jefferson was the 1-8, in rookie drafts not long ago, and we've seen the only thing we've seen with our eyes since then is one football game. Yeah, and, and I guess I should, to be fair, I should remember that Going back a year, Paris Campbell was being drafted in that same range. He was he was a I guess he was he was yeah. a late first rounder in 2019 rookie drafts. All right, the two uh, the two polls where Paris Campbell came up on the short end: Tyler Boyd 56 to 44, and the one I just mentioned earlier, Darius Slayton, who had a big game on Monday night, 61 to 39. So uh, maybe maybe some recency bias going on. I like to I like to factor that in because. That's part of dynasty, right? Uh, you, sure. You look at polls or articles or, or trade questions, and uh, some people just brush that off as, as recency bias. We're dealing with that recency bias in our dynasty leagues every day. So if you can take advantage of it, you should do that. That's a little more Slayton love than I'm willing to give, though. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Matt, when we come back, we are going to dive deep into another young player uh, and check out his uh, his dynasty value study. Sounds good. But first, this season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can re- relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Matt, the next Dynasty Value Study topic is Josh Jacobs, the Raiders' second-year running back. Uh, Already a player that was being valued highly, uh, obviously coming into the season, in fact, Uh, He was RB11, according to the rankings at DLF, and had an ADP of RB8, 10th overall. So he's already a first-rounder. I think it's fair to say his value has gone up, though, after that performance. Not only did he score three touchdowns on the ground, but even more impressive and maybe more exciting, if you've got Josh Jacobs on your roster, was his involvement in the passing game. Six targets, four catches, 46 yards, basically better than anything we saw from him as a rookie. Do you expect that involvement in the passing game, his work as a receiver to continue, Matt? Yes. And my take on this is a couple things we need to know that are basically facts are Jacobs was a pretty darn accomplished receiver coming out of Bama. They didn't use him that way as a rookie. Um, But 
they drafted him in the first round, which is rare, we know, and people are buzzing about Edwards Hilaire as a first-round pick, just a year difference, basically. He also had a very bad shoulder injury to end last season, so you're not going to put too much on his plate, especially when the Raiders are out of it and it's late in the season. And they go out and they, they trade Lynn Bowden to Miami. They brought Theo Riddick in, and he didn't make the team. They implied in week one, albeit against a very, very soft and you know bad Carolina defense, that Jacobs is going to be the bell cow. But Gruden, you know, has a history going back to like Cadillac Williams of just getting a guy and hitting them hard and use them in all capacities. And I think that's who Josh Jacobs is. And I think they have one of the top three or four best offensive lines in the league. So I don't think game script hurts them. I'm a big fan. Well, he's being drafted, of course, some of the familiar names in that late first, early second round range, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders, all being drafted around Josh Jacobs. Again, that data comes prior to the start of the NFL season. So again, I I went to Twitter to see how uh, the dynasty community is feeling about Josh Jacobs right now after that big week one where he was the RB1 in PPR leagues. And it's no surprise, he won the majority of these polls. Josh Jacobs over Dalvin Cook, 64% to 36%. Not really even close, Matt. Uh, the, The next one was not close either. Josh Jacobs over Miles Sanders, who I would say that's who Jacobs has been linked to most often. They were, of course, both rookies last year. Uh, And it felt like over the offseason, they flip-flopped a value. Uh, Dynasty players... I have a little problem with that one. Yeah. Just because we didn't see him in week one. I I still... uh, No shine has come off Sanders' rose for me, you know? Right. To me, that's... that's Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's uh, that's certainly closer than 76-24, which is how it came out uh, in the Twitter poll. Uh, It wasn't even close with Derrick Henry. Josh Jacobs over Derrick Henry, Good. 81% to 19. The rookie, Jonathan Taylor, did win that poll, 54-46. Of course, we talked about the Marlon Mack injury. Jonathan Taylor looks like the starter. Plenty of dynasty players are excited about him. Matt, with, with those running backs, Taylor, Henry, Sanders, Cook, where are you with Jacobs? Are you taking him over all those guys? You, you said Sanders is, is at least close. Yes, Clearly over Henry. I, I don't trust Henry to hold up for the long term. I mean, he had 31 carries last night. I mean, that's uh, he's going to get beat up. I would rather have Jacobs than Taylor because I know that he has passing game acumen. I don't know that Taylor does. Um, I like Taylor as a player. They both have really good offensive lines. I think Sanders is close, but like you said, I'd still lean towards Jacobs, but it would be more like, 52-48, not 76-24. Cook's still a really good player, but I think I would also take Jacobs over Cook. So, yeah, I agree with all these except for Taylor. Right? So, I like Jacobs a lot. I mean, I might take Jacobs over Edwards Hilaire. Well, we saw, I saw our friend Adam Harstead on Twitter recently update his dynasty rankings. He says it's McCaffrey, it's Barkley, and then it's Jacobs as the RB3 mm. overall. So he's on board with you. Uh, you're familiar with Christopher Harris, too. I worked with him sure. at ESPN. I, I love his work. Read his uh, his guide before the season. 
and he loves them too. I mean, he's a film guy, just raves about Jacobs. Chris doesn't do Dynasty Ranks, but I bet he'd be on board with that as well. And I understand it. I mean, he could be a league winner this year, and uh, there's not... I mean, a big picture, I think Vegas drafts defense next year. Like, I don't think there's anything going to get in his way for a while. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Matt, when we come back, we'll wrap up the show with a couple of listener questions. Um, Before we do, I want to tell everyone about our buddies over at Rock Auto. They've been part of the Locked On Network now for a while. Um, Something you absolutely need to check out. And with the increasing numbers of makes and models, you know, uh, it's impossible for these traditional chains to stock everything. So why endure pointless and seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the calendar man orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket, so just use your own. So, you know, you can save a ton of money repairing your own car, and Rock Auto really helps in that regard. They save you money as well. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are extremely and reliably low. RockAuto.com offers the lowest prices rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. So, the RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfer. So why spend twice as much for the same parts? So here's what you gotta do. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Matt, let's wrap up the show with a couple of listener questions. We talked yesterday about Baker Mayfield and what to do with him in Dynasty Leagues. What might the Browns do with him? We're going to stick with that Browns talk for our questions today. First question comes from Nicholas. He's at NJ Salazar on Twitter. And he says it pretty simply. Is Chubb and his value cooked? Wow. I think Thursday night will be very telling because... They play the, the Bengals this week and for everyone to see. And I think for them to get back on track, it has to go through Chubb. And I think they realize that. I think week one is interesting in that Hunt and Chubb pretty much got the same I mean, number of carries, the same receptions. They threw the ball to Chubb more than they have in past. And I wonder, were they just saving Chubb when they were getting blown out by the Ravens, knowing that they're playing Thursday night? Let's shut him down for the second half. This is an unwinnable battle because he's a great football player. Like, in terms of just running backs, there aren't many I would take in the league over Chubb. So I kind of look at this as more of a buy-low moment for him than his value is cooked. But there are obstacles, and I worry about Baker Mayfield. I'm worried about Baker Mayfield as well, as we said uh, as we said yesterday. Kareem Hunt got more carries than Nick Chubb, 13 to 10. Maybe, of course, that was a little game script related as they trailed 
the entire day, basically, against the Ravens. Uh, Chubb did catch one pass. Kareem Hunt catches four. Uh, neither one of them really make an impact there. This this just feels like a 50-50 split. So uh, Chubb is, is not a... He's not a bad player to have on your dynasty roster. If you expected him to be your RB1 and to give you 20 fantasy points a game, I think you're going to be disappointed. I don't think now is a great time to play or or to trade him because everybody's kind of in this, uh, in agreement with the concerns, not only with Kareem Hunt, but with, uh, with the Browns offense as a whole. And, and that I, I do think that stems from Baker Mayfield. We talked yesterday, Matt, about those 2017 running backs getting new contracts, McCaffrey and Cook and Mixon and Kamara. Kareem Hunt got a new contract as well. Uh, He's not going anywhere. So this is the hope that if you've got both of these guys on your dynasty roster, that in in 2021 you would have two starters. That's not going to happen. These guys are both tied together for the next couple of years at least. Matt, our next question comes from Ryan. It's at RyanWolf9 on Twitter. We're sticking with the Browns talk. We've talked Baker. We've talked Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. What about Odell Beckham Jr.? That's what Ryan wants to know. What do we do with OBJ? The Browns are wondering the same thing because after that poor performance on Sunday, we start to hear some whispers of trade rumors. Uh, I mean, we've seen this play out before that OBJ gets tired of a situation. He gets tired of losing and, and essentially forces his way out. That's, that's what happened in New York. Is it going to happen in Cleveland as well? It seems that way. Doesn't it? I mean, I mean, he and Baker have never really clicked. There has been frustration already. That's obvious. Beckham has a long injury history and isn't a young player anymore and is coming off an injury-plagued year. And if this doesn't get righted quick, don't you think he's just going to be a nuisance and a disturbance? And he never seemed like exactly a fit in the city of Cleveland. No offense, Clevelanders. I did a year there, but seems like he'd rather be in L.A. or Miami or, you know what I mean? Like, I could see him being... Very unhappy very soon. Uh, I hope he gets traded if you own him, I think. Yeah, I think so as well. So um, while we wait to see how that plays out in Cleveland, what do you do with OBJ on your dynasty roster? Just like Nick Chubb, his value is falling quickly. Uh, Would you take a random first rounder for him? Flip him for a 2021 first rounder. Unless I'm... A powerhouse team, you know, like I think I have a really chance, great chance to win it this year. Yes, if I'm a middle of the road or certainly a rebuilder, I absolutely would. And even if I'm a powerhouse, I might look at my roster and be like, I can get away without starting OBJ and that headache every week and still be a powerhouse and reinforce things through a future first. I can find receivers elsewhere that I can live with. Yeah, I'd rather the first no matter what. Yeah, I think that's what it's come to. And uh, amazing. I mean, you said you might, if you're a, a strong contender, you might keep him on your roster. I don't even know if you can start him, right? I mean, I say, are you happy to hit check that box Sunday morning? Not really. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I mean, last year we saw him put up two wide receiver one games, two all of last year. 
and, and he's not starting out very well this season with uh, finishing outside of the uh, outside of the top thirty fantasy wide receivers. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it wasn't long ago at all that in a dynasty startup, he was the consensus one one. He was, and it doesn't feel like that long ago. And yeah. he um, probably was. And and he he held that title for a long time. We're talking for well over a year. Uh, he was he was the hands down the obvious one oh one, and and things have things have changed quickly, Matt. Wow, Matt, that is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.